It is time for a beef market update with Ann Wasco of the Gateway Livestock Exchange. Ann, how are you today? I am good, John. How are things there? They're fantastic. Everything's good. How, good. Speak well. How's the how are prices? What, what's happening out there in the cash market? Well, I th- the headline's going to be chop and grind. I know that's not a great headline, but uh, U.S. markets uh, trading uh, about a buck higher than how they closed the end of last week. So one hundred three in the south, one hundred four in the north. Um, heading the right direction, but it's a chop and a grind mm. uh, here in Western Canada. Mid one thirties, light trade this week. When I look back, we've been there for eight weeks. You know, pretty much all of August and September. Very, very much a choppy sideways move um, here over the last couple of months. So it is what it is. Uh, we we do flip the calendar into fourth quarter pretty soon, which seasonally is a positive time for fed cattle prices to move higher. So I'll stay with that one. What's interesting here is that we've seen, you know, you talk about the seasonal pressures and kind of typically what happens this time of the year. We've seen the opposite in the grains and oilseeds market where they have really rallied at harvest time, which is quite unseasonal. Pork and beef haven't been able to jump on that train necessarily. (laughs) But therein lies one of the problems, right? So certainly as you see grain prices moving higher, especially uh, things that would uh, fall into the feed grain categories, uh, that is going to pressure um, or certainly keep a lid on, on some of what goes on on the cattle side too. So there is a little bit more to that story, Sean. What's, how is all this reflected in the cutout prices as of late? Well, again, pretty seasonal. Uh, lost about five bucks uh, this week from last week, uh, sitting with the choice here last night at 215. Um, and again, over the next little while, as we head towards October, that probably loses a bit more ground before, I think, seasonally, November and December, we should be able to mount a bit of a rally there in the cutout. But this is all to be pretty much expected, I'd suggest. Okay. So we've really we've really found, I guess, like think back to April, <laughs> and and we had like fifty dollar moves in a in a in a day or a couple days on that cutout. We we've really it it's it got so much attention, and now it's sort of where it normally is, which is kind of stable and doesn't move very much, mm-hmm. and it's about two or three dollars in either direction in a week. Yeah. So though back back in the spring and those moves that we have because of the supply shocks were abnormal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're obviously responding to the supply shock, but the, today is much more. I think how you describe a normal reaction on a week to week, month to month basis, uh, and maybe like you say, not all that exciting, but pretty typical. A lot of people drawing charts like two three years from now on the on the cutout price. They're, they're going to have to figure out how they fix their <laughs> y-axis on what happened in 2020. Oh, okay, uh, some trade data. What's been happening on the export side? Well, again, you know, going back to the first half of the year and especially the second quarter, uh, pretty disappointing, nothing we really wanted to, to make uh, note of. But I thought when I saw the July data uh, come out, very promising data, especially compared July to 2019. So looking at, you know, pre-COVID kind of comparisons. Beef exports for Canada were up 13% in July from a year ago. And that's the largest July, Sean, since before BSE, you know, 2003 timeframe. Um, our key markets, we were up 12% into the U.S. in July, uh, up 3% into Japan. And remember, that, that trade was cut in half back in the, in the second quarter. And uh, even into China, Hong Kong, we were up 72% from, from last summer. And uh, these are the levels we kind of were at last winter. So again, returning to some of the levels we thought were a little bit more uh, stable for 
for the kind of uh, export business we were expecting. Still down into Mexico by 4%, but again, big gains from the, the, the big declines that we saw back in that second quarter. So I thought the July export data was uh, pretty promising and I think sets us up nicely going into the rest of the year. Well, this morning the big news was that the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Champ- uh, Minister Champagne, has they've the Canada said they've cut off the potential for a free trade agreement with China. I, I don't know, like I'm not sure that ne- negatively impacts a commodity like beef going forward. We look what we've had in the U.S. huge tension. And look at the amount of soybeans and corn going overseas. So it's hard to get a read on how all this filters its way down to the actual export numbers. Yeah. And don't don't forget, I mean, we still certainly have uh, Asia in terms of uh, a protein deficit. And that's why we're seeing uh, the pork and, and beef products that are leaving North America. They head that direction one way or the other, with mm-hmm. or without a trade deal. We've had a couple big feeder sales as of late. What have feeder prices been like? Well, yeah, a big um, to, uh, regular annual sale uh, in uh, southern Alberta last week uh, in terms of one of the forward pricing sales. And they sold uh, pretty close to 40,000 head of uh, yearlings and calves uh, at prices uh, very much similar and in some cases higher than the same prices a year ago. And a lot of the deliveries for those calves would be Ocnovan D. So, again, all, all indications uh, uh, up, to, up to present certainly showing some strong stability and, and good pricing on feeder cattle and calves. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, put on your other hat. <laughs> CRSB had their annual meeting this week and uh, congratulations. You're, uh, you're, you're back in the chair seat again. Back in the chair. Well, I'm pretty proud to be there, Sean. And, and yes, we're in this new virtual environment. So this was our first virtual AGM and we had record attendance. And, of course, you know, if you don't have to travel, we can get a lot of our, our membership uh, on on the webinar call. So that was great to have uh, so many people there. And we've got a very diverse group of, of members from, you know, clear across the supply chain, NGOs, um, everyone through the whole system partaking. And we had some good messages and, and updates to give our membership. Uh, we've seen, you know, certainly more getting involved in the certification framework. Um, so 28% more sustainable farms and ranches compared to when we updated the, the group a year ago. We've got two new processors certified to the standard. Um, of course, in March, we heard Chop Steakhouse coming on, uh, sourcing part of their beef for their burger. Um, also announced that we updated there. And of course, later this, this fall, uh, McDonald's Canada has also expanding their sourcing uh, to also include the quarter pounder line uh, and Harvey's is there as well so some great messages to keep showing our membership uh, the continued interest in in beef sustainability in Canada and uh, and and the continued uh, focus that we have well clearly you know McDonald's Harvey's chop steakhouse they must be seeing the benefit when it comes to the marketing of CRSB being able to put that label on the menu they, they must be seeing a benefit from it otherwise you know they're they're running businesses uh, they must be seeing uh, the, the benefit uh, from a profit side of this. Well, certainly. And I, again, go back to, and think about our consuming public. I mean, and, and we've come through COVID and all the talk about food and everything. And I do think um, that the conversation around sustainability is only going to increase as we go forward. And, and, and that's a good thing. The beef industry has a good story to tell about our part in terms of the beef production chain and how we can certainly help uh, mitigate and, and change 
uh, you know, things like uh, climate uh, in, in, in the world or certainly in Canada. So we've got some good things to tell and share. And, and I think these companies see that and hear that as well. McDonald's moving CRSB to the quarter pounder. That, that's, that's big volume. Sure it is. Sure it is. So uh, we've got our work cut out in front of us. We've got some supply to, you know, we want to see more supply going uh, to, to lots of different directions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but again, this is a, it's a great big step in the right direction for sure. Well, great stuff. Appreciate the update, Dan. Hey, and have yourself a great weekend. Hey, you too. Thanks, John.